0: back to another episode of With Sonar. It's Luke, it's Tony. We've got a uh, we've got a great episode for you today. We're going to be looking at some new data sets today. Uh we've got a lot of new earnings today called, caused a little bit of controversy in the social media uh world. Yeah. Um with uh a very select group of people. But uh we're we're going to get to that here in a little bit. But um just a little highlight of what we're talking about today, okay? We've got rising truckload volumes. Mm-hmm. Um called that. We've got rising tender rejections called that. We've got uh, Falling Retailers. Tony called that. Um, and we've got Falling CPG Company Performances. Tony called that one. So we're, 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 we're to, yeah.
1: I don't think the volume one is that. I mean, it's a little surprising, but not really when you look at ocean data, right? Yeah. But the problem is, is that it started to decline, <laughs> right? So I think that's part of it is like it's showing signs like, almost a pull forward, afraid, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we'll see. I mean, the question
0: is right now is one thing, what is it two, three months from now? That's the better question. That's the question, right? You know, we're seeing a little bit of life in demand. It's had zero impact on rates, uh, 10 rejections, it's had a tiny impact on 10, like 10 rejections are up over 50% from their bottom this year, but they were also at as close to zero as it's ever been. So whatever, not, not all that exciting. You know, if you go from earning $1 a day to $1.50 a day, yeah, you increased by 50%, but it's not a big impact. But nonetheless, got to start somewhere. The issue is rates haven't moved,
1: and diesel yeah. prices are way higher than where they were yeah. just a few Which weeks ago. Which if you're in the contract market, you're probably fine. But in the spot market, yeah. yeah. I mean, even in the contract market, you're still kind of getting squeezed. I mean, you know, it's not as much, it, though. Yeah, it depends, right? Because if you think... It might be a wash. Fuel surcharge largely is... It depends on if you have a fuel contract, right? Or if you're buying, if rack. you're buying rack, you're, you're probably rack. okay. If you're not, and you're just getting the three cent discount at the pump or whatever by signing yeah. up for the fuel rewards, you might get squeezed on a weekly basis just because the rate at which the average price at a truck stop is going up has been faster than the d. I shouldn't say faster. The DOE op- that fuel surcharges are typically set at set on a Monday night, right? Yeah, It comes out Monday night. It's once a week. We've seen, even if you see a 22 cent increase in a week or 10 cent increase or whatever the increase is, if the daily price between that continues to right. go, yeah. you're, you're always a you're, behind. you behind. Yeah, you're behind. So it does generate a little bit of a squeeze. It's not that much. It's not as much as if you're operating in the spot market and not getting any fuel surcharge. Because if you're yeah.
0: in that, you're really getting squeezed from this. Yeah, I mean, basically, like, even, rates have been flat for the last, what, three, four months in the spot market? Large. From a dollar perspective, but when you think about from a margin perspective with how much fuel is going up, it's really actually gone down by quite a bit. Yeah, because it's gone, it's effectively... Or it's eaten into their margins. Go, oh, yeah, and they're, it, already, they're already thin. I mean, you think... Yeah, or not... You
1: look at some... Yeah, exactly. I mean, they may it's be thin. operating 100 plus OR, and they might have had a cash reserve, and that will be wiped out rather quickly and. I think that's the difference is you were seeing fuel decline and rates were holding steady. Now you're seeing rates hold steady and fuel rise. So revenue, effective, granted, you're seeing volume a little better. So maybe yeah. you're, you're playing in the market a little more, right? You, you're moving maybe and it had The caveat is spot market volume is still depressed, right? Because there's just not as much freight flowing through to the spot. You're still what? Three point seven,
0: yeah, three point seven. So. As of today, let's go ahead and pull up truckload volumes here just for folks to be able yeah. to see. So, truckload volumes hit a year-to-date high. Um, they've re- finally re- rematched those highs from early June, kind of right after Memorial Day. That little spike, which you know, not a lot there. So, just um, continued to pump through uh, July and August, very seasonally abnormal. Um, and to your point, Tony, you know, the uh, we're we're not going anywhere near the high levels that we had in twenty twenty. No. 2020, 2021, even the highs in the early 2022 parts. We're not going anywhere near those. I think we all know that and agree that, but this does look like fairly healthy growth, you know, long-term. If you took out COVID, this actually looks pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, this is where you would expect to be. Yeah, right? I mean, you're, ideally <clears throat> you have a growing economy. The okay. market looks healthy. If you, because like, if you if you take out those big spikes in COVID that we had, this looks like, like you said, uh, representing cool. a healthy company. What, what you had talked about in the daily watch the other week, which was the uh, consumers have actually shifted more towards physical goods over the last uh, handful of years. Yeah, I mean, then that was pre-pandemic, right? Yeah, you
1: had gone from like thirty, what was it, thirty-three percent and 36% percent, right? Yeah. Pre-COVID. So I mean, now we're, we're what, like, at thirty-nine. Yeah, we're at thirty-nine. So I
0: know, I, mean, the, I know, we peaked at forty-two, but again, that's yeah.
1: COVID. Yeah, so I mean, or stimulus money. What your seen as kind of this reversion to a trend line that was previously. So yes, you're seeing more spending on goods. And I think Mm -hmm. you also factor in how much we stimulated the economy and how much now it's not stimulus in the form of the consumer. It's stimulus in terms of government spending through bills like the CHIPS Act and the Inflation Reduction Act and, and things like that that help drive Freak demand too, right? right. We're not a hundred percent goods economy. Like we, I mean, we can see that based on spending, the 30, yeah, but that's only part of it, right? Right. A consumer is only one part of the overall economy. The government spends a lot of money on things that don't impact the consumer in a way that is just, you know, like the stimulus measures that we experienced throughout the pandemic, right? They They stimulate the economy in other ways.
0: Correct. Now, I think here, when we look at this volume chart, it's to your point, it's going to be really key where it heads ultimately as we finish out this quarter. Mm-hmm. What does September and October look like? Those will be really telling signs of this is going to continue. But nonetheless, for those out here, this is a good sign that demand is is kind of inching back up. That's a good sign, right? If nothing else, it's not flat. and It's not falling. It's, it's inching up. Yeah. There's still obviously too much capacity and that's why rates have moved up. If we flip over to tender rejections really quickly, we're going to see this. You were seeing a tiny bump in tender rejections. This is the year to date chart here for tender rejections, still down massively year to date, down egregiously from where we were a couple, you know, a year, a year and a half ago. Um, but we are retesting kind of those highs from February and even again, going into 4th of July weekend. Yeah, And that's a good sign. I think if we if we hit that five percent range I'll start to I'll st- I'll raise my eyebrows a little yeah. bit I think by that point we're gonna find we'll if we get to that level we'll see spot rates come up not a lot but a little I think well that's a good
1: call out you're also seeing signs of life around holidays right I mean if you look yeah. back I mean look at Memorial Day like there's just no movement, really, right? Uh-uh. I mean, we came off of where we were at the bottom of May, but, I mean, we were effectively where we were in April. Right. And you look at 4s of July, leading to the 4s of July, basically the highest level we saw all year because if you take out the two weeks after the holiday, which are naturally higher as capacity takes off for holiday and then they come back, especially around Christmas and New Year's, it takes a little time for rejections yeah. and capacity to to get back into locations that it's supposed to be. What you're seeing is now we are two weeks away from Labor Day, Labor Day weekend. You're starting to see the movement you would like to see associated with holidays. Back in 2019, Zach Strickland mentioned this, I guess last week, you look at the holidays and that's while rejection rates were so low, you saw pulses around the holidays. And, They amplified throughout the back half of the year, kind of setting up 2020 to to be one of those years where maybe it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not going to do what COVID did to the market, but you, one, you had already, you saw signs of the market deterioration when you see a company like Celadon go under in the back half of the year. But I mean, you're ultimately kind of setting up 2020, especially the back half of 2020 to be better than 2019 obviously was. What you're seeing is very similar pulses, right, in the market that, hey, maybe things are set to improve. We still have too much capacity, evident by the 3.7% rejection rate. Yeah. But the fact is, there's a little more reactivity to holidays, right, that would have caused capacity disruption. Those are getting, those disruptions or the appearance of the disruption is getting larger than it it was earlier this year yeah, really
0: it's a good sign long way to go but nothing nothing yeah uh but it's, it's definitely a good sign if nothing else um now I, I do want to transition we're going to talk about a new data set here and this is one that you know I, myself a few others are talking about online so this, this is very new it's very early this is like the most alpha stage you can be in like a data set okay so just understand that however it's already proven to be immensely impactful and incredibly far upstream in measuring economic activity. And this is, the a data set we're going to be talking about. It's our truckload visit data set. So this is going to measure, there it is, it's right on the screen now in front of you. This measures the number of trucks visiting a particular business. So this is tracking the telematics or ELDs on trucks, the physical location. So in this particular case, we're using Target as an example. They reported earnings uh, the other day they revised sales guidance uh, much lower for the rest of the year. They did have a nice uh, earnings per share beat so their stock wasn't yeah. too beat up, but um you know it's you know nonetheless this is th- this is something that in Q1 of this year it called out an incredible signal that truck visits to their facilities, distribution centers, warehouses which will help account for retail sales as well as online sales. Yeah. Dropped an astounding 34% and it wouldn't be until late may when this type of information would get out that you know Target was having a hard time with sales that their stock would drop further and their stock dropped about 18% in the back half of may so a nice leading indicator there very far upstream obviously this isn't this isn't something you're going to base your entire trading strategy around but it is it is a great signal yes the key in this right the
1: market were awarded an earnings beat But you dig into how did they beat earnings, they reduced cost. Yes. Right? Cost of sales is down eleven point six percent. It was an eleven point six percent improvement year over year. Guess what? Like that is how you your top line revenue was down four point nine percent. Year over year. Year over year. In the second or second quarter, right? Because they're on the fiscal quarter, so a little different. But what you're seeing. So revenue is down 4.9%, which is effectively what this shows, right? Slowing demand at their stores. Correct. The thing that Target got right was they got cost under control. Yeah. And that is, it's not, I was going to say, it's arguably as important, right? To growing the top line as it, it's probably more important at a company or a size of a company of Target, right? I mean, you're talking about $24 billion in revenue in a quarter.
0: Yeah. So like, they, they were smart, right? They they saw that hey, listen, the the stimulus money effectively, let's be honest, that's what a lot of this was. Yeah. But the stimulus money is dried up. Sales are going to take a hit. We know that. Okay, so let's Where do what we, we can. We cut costs. Yeah. So the, they, from a business perspective, they're running very smooth. Yeah. And Wall Street rewarded them on today's earnings as a result. Yeah. Now, I say rewarded them. Their stock's still down 15% this year. Yeah. Kind of while the S&P 500 is up over 15%. So there's still some. I wouldn't say they're being totally rewarded but you know there is obviously some you know hey you're doing the right things yeah exactly i mean in a tough environment yeah and i mean i think again we go
1: in and you look at this chart and you see the declines in visits i mean it's just take the fourth quarter right or the back half of last year out of it because i mean
0: you're still dealing with an inventory problem, right? Mm-hmm. And well, we we were seeing if you go back in this data, it's not on the screen. We've been seeing a decline in this the the uh, in truck visits to target for probably the last 20, 22 months, which is right in line with they when um, they would have realized that they had an inventory yep. problem. And we saw that they announced uh, in May of twenty twenty two that they were or April or May, uh, April or May of twenty twenty two that they were having to decline a lot of things. So um, or they were revising inventory down. The other factor that they have is they've cleared inventory yes. too right they've Absolutely. done a good job of clearing
1: that inventory right that's it, so that's one of them right they're not holding that inventory the inventory is not a, on a cost of goods sold inventory factors into that and inventory cost if you reduce your inventory it's, it helps boost that number yes. or improve that number so i think overall i look at it it's, it shouldn't be a surprise uh but I mean, if you're paying attention to that upstream, right, you see that the decline, and it's not even the decline sequentially, put it in year-over-year terms, I think, is more impactful. Yeah. And you made made a good point. When you factor it in, a company like Target or a Walmart or a Costco or any of these companies, inflation boosts their sales numbers, right? Or it can yeah. to it. Because if you think about volume or how how they generate revenue, right? It's sales of goods. If the price of the good is higher, but volume is slightly down, well, that sales, the revenue number can be higher, right? If they can offset, right? By higher prices offset the lower volumes. Very similar to what CPG companies are doing right now, right? You hear Coke, their price mix or volume mix was like flat to down, but prices are higher, revenue's higher, margins improve. The interesting part is you see the decline in truck visits, that's actual volume. It doesn't have anything to do with the dollar signs.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about this, right? I mean, you could see a decline in actual sales volumes, but if inflation makes up for that, or dollar from a dollar perspective, it could look like sales are growing. Yeah, right, we've, we've talked about that. Also, there's other ways to generate income beyond just selling physical products, which is a perfect example is somebody like, uh, we, we, we track this same data set for Amazon. Can we give us give you great insight into their their retail sales or e-commerce sales. It's not going to tell you anything about their subscription sales or AWS. Yeah, right. Or their advertising numbers now that they do a lot of. It's not going to tell you anything about that. So it's important to understand kind of what we're looking at here, what part of the business. Which is why, like, whenever you're talking about alternative data that a lot of you know you know the that Wall Street uses, it's one part of their equation, yeah. and they tend to have tons of different data sets that go into this. But this is a this is a great one that shows tons of early movement for economic activity, which yeah. I love. And the That's key, what it is. the key in this one is: is it useful
1: for somebody in the market or in transportation as a whole? Probably not. I, I
0: mean, I'm skeptical. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how much current in its current stage? Probably not.
1: Yeah, it, it's more useful on the financial side yes. to kind of gauge where the market's going or where the market has ultimately where the market's been. Yeah, but the. Thing is, it's like if you don't know or because you have to remember, those goods don't move immediately. Right? No. I mean, it's not an instant, hey, it's in here and now it's going out the door. Like there's a lag time in this, right? So if you would have seen this decline three to six months ago, and now it's showing up in the data. Narrative. By their earnings, right? Which is what all you're really going to get access to because that's what they have to report it. But the factor in this and the interesting part that goes in with this is you would have seen it six months ago, what is the stock market trying to do? Gauge what's happening three to six months from now, right? And that's why if you would have had this in March, you might have been able, you might have seen this decline. You might have been able to get ahead of that 18% drop. You might have known, hey, this thing there might be some slowdown coming, right? And there might be disappointment on the horizon, lower guidance, things like that. They can make their own decisions, but if you see the data, it's hard to deny what was happening in the moment. And again, comparing what happened in the fourth quarter to what was happening, so really, you I mean, call it even October, November, December, and compare that to January,
0: February, March, you're obviously going to see a sequ- sequential decline. Like, true but we're also like in that last chart that we were looking at we were looking at an average for the last six months. the last six months of 2022 cool. compared to just q1 of towards so technically if you look at if you look at that chart it's one year so really we're at, we've actually declined further year over year it, yeah it was down close to probably 40 percent year over year in terms of in terms of
1: all like, truck visit volume yeah and again that goes into You're not going to see a 40% decline in sales, right? Inflation, pricing, things like that. They
0: had excess inventory also, like you said. Yeah, inventories, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not going to
1: happen, but it might lead to a, hey, they're expecting a slowdown or things are slowing down. Correct. Uh, Kind of, again, way
0: upstream of where you're going to see it actually happen. So the other thing I think too, that we also need to, that we've been talking about, and this is something I posted about the other day is a lot of, there's, we're seeing a lot of smaller or even some large CPG companies declare bankruptcy. And I think we're going to continue to see more about this as well. So like one that I've been focused on is Beyond Meat. I don't know if they're going to go under or not, time will tell, but Beyond Meat is one of those companies, they had an almost $20 billion market cap at one point, And now I think they're around a billion, yeah. give or take, maybe just over. I mean, their stock has fallen immensely and a lot of that is due to a lot of their sales have just evaporated. Um, and I, it sounds like when, when you think about CPG goods, right? When you go to the store, right? A lot of these companies, Beyond Meat's just one of them. Bang Energy is another one that declared bankruptcy. I think Monster came in and acquired them, yep. right? So these premium priced products that maybe have a good social cause, whatever, whatever ones you align with, but whether you like the cause or not, I think what we're seeing is at the end of the day, consumers, when budgets get tight, consumers are making those decisions to buy lower cost items. Yeah. And you have to make,
1: I mean, you see the stock price there from Beyond Meat. I mean, it's just-
0: Yeah. And that collapsing. and that's probably, honestly, that's a little unfair of me to put that up there, but I did it anyway because, well, I can, I run the Not, show. Again, I
1: get it. It's <laughs> one of those things that's, I mean, you look at their earnings, right? They're key yeah. too. I mean, you're talking US retail sales revenue from retail down 38.5% year over year. Food service down 45.5% year over year. I mean, you're talking a total US net revenue down 40% year over year. You're hoping consumer behaviors changing. And it's just not, right? Yeah. You're trying to shift consumer. Essentially, in this case, you're trying to shift consumers' taste buds from meat. From a real meat product to
0: an artificial meat product. Which is all pretty expensive to have to educate people on and do a lot of the research on and market it. Yeah. It's you're constantly having to, you're, you are in a new space trying to acquire new customers. hmm constantly. And that is very expensive to do.
1: Especially right now, right? When a consumer is, is cost conscious about what they're doing. Right. And I think there's some, and I there's a quote uh, From going back to Target, and I think it's a great quote in reference to what we're talking about here. It says, from their CEO, Brian Cornell, he says, as we look at the consumer landscape today, we recognize the consumer is still challenged by the levels of inflation that they're seeing in food and beverage and household essentials. It's absorbing a much bigger portion of their budget. Guess what? They're not going, you'll see trading down. They're not, why would you spend dollars on a beyond I'm hypothetical why would you spend ten dollars on a beyond meat product versus a say five dollars on just the natural meat product that the same magnitude i i'm i i do not know the actual prices and the difference in the two but ultimately it, at some point one you're going to have to drive this premiumization and break away and offer discounts to stay in business, but I mean, it, I think what it shows is the cost to acquire consumers is extremely high, which it shouldn't be a surprise. You're having to change right. a behavior that they've been so used to for, I mean, years,
0: right? Uh, so, so they're, they're plant-based, uh, the Beyond Meat ground, ground beef, I guess, is currently, it's about $5.31 a pound at Walmart, right? Which is, and I, I don't know if it's a total apples to apples comparison, but I'm doing my best here. Versus if you look at- Just a grill, Just beef. the typical ground beef is, it depends on which one you get, $4.40 a pound to $6 So a pound. Really, what's That's interesting, all... it's cheaper than some of these. Some of them. So it's it's actually, it's priced about in the middle, actually. Yep. priced in the middle.
1: Effectively, all they have to do is change consumer behavior, which proves very difficult.
0: Very difficult. So it, it's so it's not it's not the cheap version. It's not the expensive one. But when you think about it, if he, if you're comparing it to the cheapest, say just ground beef products, mm-hmm. consumers know this and they know exactly what they're getting. So you, you're not competing with the cheapest products. It's those are fifteen percent cheaper mm-hmm. when you compare it to the most expensive ones. I think it's important to look at what are we comparing it to the most expensive beef products. Those are the those are the organic, those are the grass feds, those are, you know, the Wagyu beef. And when you look at consumers, it's, there's a very specific group of people who are going to buy those premium, you know, real beef products. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is probably geared towards the cheap s- end. You start
1: trading down. And I think that's right. the key to remember is that this trading down aspect is going to happen more and more as consumers' budgets have to tighten up and i think one yeah. of the interesting parts is what happens come october 1st right once those student loans if you're still our subscriber there's another chart going in about student loans and consumer spending going in tomorrow in the daily watch i think what's interesting which is one it's uh gen z household income sub fifty thousand dollar income those that have made payments have continued their spending habits have actually or higher they've continued to spend more money than those that have deferred payments. But the interesting part is what happens when those deferred payments, that cohort that hasn't made payments, which might actually be a larger cohort, what happens when those payments come back? Because they haven't been spending as much already. Now you're going to factor in another payment. They may spend even less than what they were now or currently. And I think that's a concern moving forward.
0: Time will tell. We'll find out very soon. Stay tuned. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Wish Sonar and stay tuned for more Waves content. Luke and Tony, have a good day.